It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I hope that everybody tuning in with us today is a fan of the Great Big C, because uh, if not, you uh, you had to listen to it a lot today against your own will. Welcome to Game Over International. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's Game Over International for the 2024 IIHF World Junior Hockey Championship presented by SDPN Sports and EP Rinkside. Uh, my name is Audie James, joined today uh, by my pal from EP Rinkside, Mitch Brown. How are you doing today, my friend? It's uh, It's good to be on here with you. I'm doing great. It was a good day of hockey. It started out really competitive between two or between four closely matched teams, and then it kind of faded a little bit. But I think Team Canada did a pretty good job of keeping up the energy and the discipline late through the game, which is something very hard to do. I think they're well prepared now to move into more tightly contested games. Yeah, it was definitely... um... It was definitely a game that, uh, you know, I, I think maybe most people kind of come to expect when these two teams meet up uh, going into this. Canada was 3-0 and against Latvia. This is only their fourth time playing them in, in the in the history of the tournament. And I believe it was something like 31-4 to was the, uh, was the uh, scoring differential in Canada's favor coming into it. So it's, uh, you know, if, if, if you look back historically this outcome was probably one that if you looked back at at the history of the tournament you probably could have uh come to the conclusion it would end up end up like yeah certainly no surprises there and games like that you know it can be a little hard to maintain the focus maintain the energy but i thought there were a few players especially denton matejchuk and connor geeky who kept the discipline going they were involved they kept trying to create Geeky had some really good back checks, including one with like a minute remaining. Uh, like, I don't know where that came from. But yeah, that's the type of stuff that you want to see as a coach, as a fan. You just want to see your team continuing to bring it, even when the score is high. Because at the end of the day, when you get to that gold medal game, there are going to be guys on your team who they're going to be stepping on the ice for their 60th minute of the tournament, their 70th minute of the tournament. That's basically nothing. Yeah. So it's really important to get the most out of the, out of the minutes that you get, especially early. Well, and you saw it too with um, guys like Maverick Lamaru, who coming into this game played a good amount of minutes uh, yesterday in the Boxing Day game against Finland. Um, as this game kind of progressed, his minutes went down a little bit, and that's time, you know, good opportunity for everybody to step up. And you know, you look at a ten nothing game, you think it's a thwomping. It was. They 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 dictated the pace of play, and and they were dominant through sixty minutes. Was Canada. Um, but as you know, you kind of put on more pressure, and you get to that seven, eight, nine, uh, nine, nothing. It's 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 nice to be able to pretty much play your whole lineup without having to uh, 
to, to worry too much, get some guys on the ice who maybe, uh, you know, won't see as much ice time for the rest and, and, and get them prepared. Like you said, as the, as the tournament progresses. Yeah. And certainly on Latvia side of this too, they were still trying to create offense. So this was not like a pushover game where both teams just kind of stopped playing. You know, Latvia was still trying to score goals. They were still competing. I mean, they had a defenseman, uh, uh, Nick Svenianko, who was like jumping off the point, orchestrating give and go plays, trying to do some like fancy stuff late in the game just to get one. And so they were not rolling over. So it was just really good to see both teams continuing to stick to it. And Canada, again, they prepared themselves well here after I think there were some tense moments in the Finland game. And I think there was a lot of question marks coming in about the roster. And so far, they are addressing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's dial it back, start from the beginning and, and kind of work our way through this one almost period by period. Um, before the game even starts, Mathis Rousseau uh, starts the game again, second game in uh, in as many days. Um Bit of a head scratcher. What do you? What, what was your thought on uh, on starting him back to back here uh, against Finland to start and then Latvia today? Well, they probably assumed he wasn't going to get much action, which is correct. I think they see him as the starter, and so as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's only so many opportunities for guys to get minutes. They probably just wanted to give him another chance, another opportunity to show what he's all about, keep him in a good flow, a good rhythm, especially you know being a goalie. It's so important to be in that state. So, yeah, it's probably just comes down to, you know, the more mental side of things. And I think he's their guy. Yeah. And he definitely, you know, didn't face a crazy workload today. 21 save shutout. But, um, you know, he definitely stood stood tall. There were a couple late chances there in the third period, especially where where Latvia was starting to kind of push a little bit and and make things interesting. And like you said, try to get that uh, that w- would have served as their only goal in this game. But he stood tall. Um Early in the first period, it was the first within the first three minutes of the game. It was uh, a bit of a dicey start for Canada in in, in those first three minutes. Like Latvia was kind of um, spending a lot of time playing offense. Canada couldn't really transition and 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 uh, and work the puck out of their own zone cleanly. Um, but that didn't last very long, as we all know. We we see the score and everybody watched this game. Um, but we get to. The uh, we get to a Canada power play four seconds on the into the power play. Uh, Connor Geeky, uh, Arizona Coyotes prospect, who uh, who wasted no time with one of the nicest shots and releases I've seen in a while. Uh, tell me a bit about Geeky. I know we talked about him a little bit earlier, um, but from from my point of view, as as someone who you know takes in hockey as as a fan and someone who comes on and talks about international and the Calgary Flames, that was uh, that was a great game for him. He he played a heck of a game. Uh, he was all over it. And like you mentioned, some pretty uh, so- solid D work as well. Yeah, this is what he's all about. Entering the tournament, he had a four-goal game in the WHL where he scored three goals in the second half of the third period to tie it and then scored the overtime winner by walking the team. You know, this is what he does. He's a high-skilled guy, plays with a ton of energy. He's a real competitor. He's a very interesting player to watch because you see him as sort of this big guy. He can be deceptively quick. He intentionally tries to slow the game down a lot. And it's been kind of cool to see him be using more of the shooting role in the power play. Normally, he's more of a playmaker, get the puck off the half wall, curl inside, look for a teammate cross slot. And then you see him here in the bumper role, in the inside. And that with that kind of funky release, just basically teleports that puck to the top corner. It was a yeah, really cool it, shot. It was a sweet shot. It was almost like he was facing one way, but shooting. The, it was, 
just like I had to watch it back again and again because it was just one of the coolest shots I've seen in in a while, especially from you know a player uh, of that age. It's it's only going to get better uh, with time, and and it was a lot of fun to see that. Um, but all in all, had a, had a pretty solid game. Did uh, did Connor Geeky and. Um, you know, that's going to be a big, uh, a big part moving forward for this team as they, like you said, kind of face a little bit more, uh, difficult talent as the, as the tournament comes on, uh, outside of Latvia. Um, then we come to the penalty review, which was the, 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 the thing that made the first period, what seemed like the longest first period in the history of, of the world juniors with, with the length of that review. Um, I got to ask though, did they get it right? Did you think they got it right? I didn't actually see it. I okay, just skipped past fair. it. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. I, I don't blame you. It it took so long. <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this. I need to finish. I need to get through this. I need to keep watching this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did not see it, but uh, I guess I appreciate the thought of going back and reviewing penalties. I wonder, just in general, um, if you're a player, obviously that's going to be kind of annoying. It's good to get things right, but I wonder at what like at what time does it become not worth it anymore to continue to review it right i I don't know if they were at that point when they finally uh, came out and and just nullified the penalty as a whole which is something you don't often see either especially when it was supposed to be a major they called it a major on the ice and and they uh, you know usually you see it knocked down to a minor or or whatever but i guess they were saying in in world junior rules you can actually knock a, a major all the way down to to no penalties so I'm sure Canada was maybe a little bit thankful for that, but it was, uh, I think to answer the question I asked you, it probably was the right call. It looked like a hip check when, when the ref said that they were reviewing it for a major, I was like screaming at my TV. My wife was, was thinking I was going crazy upstairs, um, watching this, but, uh, yeah, they, they got it right. And then they end up actually reviewing another major, uh, later on in the game, which, which was against Latvia. But yeah, I think, I think they got it right. It was, uh, it was it was the right call. Shortly after that, um, it was the uh, the zone entry by Macklin Celebrini, who dishes over to Braden Yeager, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, prospect, who makes it two nothing. This is a good little segue to talk about uh, Macklin Celebrini and the whale of a game he had. Player of the game for Team Canada today, five points on the day. Um, I don't think people realize just how good this kid is. He is, uh, he, he's a game changer and he took this game by storm. Tell me, uh, uh your thoughts on Celebrini today and, and kind of what he is as, uh, as a player. I mean, this was the complete Macklin Celebrini game today. I mean, he was all over the puck in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone. He was very involved defensively. There was that play late in the game where Jordan Dumay cuts inside, dangles through, dangles through and gets a chance. Celebrini didn't touch that puck. So what did he do? He skates into the nearest defender to create a little bit of space so Dumay can make the move. So you see this full extent of his game, all the little plays, the flashy dynamic plays. I mean, I think... There was a time a few years ago where it wasn't clear who was going to be the first overall pick in this draft. Macklin Celebrini looked like he was the closest because he was just so much more intelligent than the competition. But his skating, his skill level has improved so, so much, so much more than his peers that now when you look at it, I mean, this is not the player that Macklin Celebrini was a couple of years ago. It's the same competitor. But this guy has improved so much more than the average prospect, so much more than the average elite prospect. 
And now we've gone from saying, oh, you know, maybe this isn't a great year to have the first overall pick to it being pretty much a can't miss first overall pick this year. It's, it's great to see. It's it's funny because uh, I, I host Game Over Calgary on the network and it's you see people in the chat saying, oh, the Flames need to tank. They're stinking it up. They may as well just trade everybody and tank for Celebrini and and seeing Flames Twitter and Team Canada Hockey Twitter come together, uh, I think it. I think this game really changed a lot of people who are maybe on the fence for the Flames to start tanking, which they shouldn't do. They they won't do. They're 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 going to be too good to, to tank. But that's for another day. Um, but a lot of people uh, are coming on board with the uh, Macklin Celebrini show, and today was a prime example of that. Like you mentioned, something that. I noticed specifically was just how complete the game was from him. He he put up five points today, but he also was 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 a honey badger everywhere else. He was uh, you know like you said creating space, uh, getting sticks in lanes, good neutral zone play. Like it was just the complete package from Macklin Celebrini and, and uh, whoever is bad enough to uh, get that first overall pick is going to be getting something special out of him. Absolutely. And I loved when the broadcast was talking about, is he going back to Boston University next year? And I think the answer for that right now is a resounding no. Yeah. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, He's proven it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's crazy just how good uh, how good this kid is. Um, and then even like my next note that I took in this game was just I remember this this one play. I can't remember who was in front of the net, but he was at the far boards and it was I don't know three or four guys between him and the intended target. And he somehow thread the needle to the point where whoever the recipient of the pass was, I, I wish I could remember almost like, it seemed like he couldn't believe he had the puck. And that's why he ended up like fanning on the shot. Cause it would have been a tap in goal, but I was like, Holy crow, man, here we like, this kid is just, just on another level. And as we continue recapping this game, that's going to be a recurring theme. Um, Canada ends that first period up to nothing uh, and carrying a two-man advantage into the second in which they uh, they end up scoring on the second of those power plays in the uh, second period there. Uh, that was a, a goal that um, it was scored by uh, um, Owen Allard. It was off of a shot by uh, by Matthew Wood. And that was one goal that the broadcast and, and, and the scorers couldn't quite figure out who, who scored it. But uh, uh, just a great shot and a great tip in front. It's 3 nothing Canada. And then we lead to that major penalty review for Latvia. Ends up getting reduced to a minor. Uh, and then just a disgusting solo effort. I want you to talk about Carson Rekop for me for a little bit here. The Seattle Kraken prospect. Uh, on the zone entry and drive to the net. Just a huge power move. Um, by him to on the four nothing goal. Tell me a little bit about uh, about his game and and just how good he because he had a whale of a game today too. It is absurd that he started the tournament as the thirteenth forward. When I was seeing the lines through camp, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. He's gonna play his way up, and then yesterday against Finland, he has a great game, even though he plays like eight minutes or nine minutes or something like that, and then. He comes out, scores this goal, gets another one late. You see a lot of exciting plays from him. He's a goal per game with um, with Kitchener in the OHL. Mm -hmm. He's probably this season's biggest breakout prospect. He was a little bit of a guy who fell into the background last year. This year, he's in the middle of every play. He's always getting open. The shot is just ridiculous. I mean, come on. And then you see his ability to drive the net, get inside, set up teammates, move off the puck. I mean, he is a player who might take a little bit longer to reach the NHL than what the current production says. I don't know if he's going to step in right away next year and be an impactful player, but 
Certainly the upside for a long-term top six goal scorer is there. He brings positional versatility. He brings a little bit of defensive value. I think they're going to use him on the wing this tournament for the rest of the way, which I can't say I blame them. But with that, they're getting a little bit more physicality out of Rakov too. So he's showing you all these different ways that he can impact the game up and down the lineup. It's been pretty exciting to watch. And of course, that move, a little fake, then the pull around the stick, drive inside, just disgusting. Yeah, it was nasty. I I, I couldn't believe the solo effort that uh, that he exhibited in that play. And that was just the one play. He, he, he did a whole whack of other things, like you mentioned, the physicality. Um, but that drive to the net was like, that was that was a pro move. Like that's that's. That's that's a player who is going to be a player uh, one one day, and and like you mentioned too, I believe leading the OHL in goals in addition to uh, being a goal per game, which is pretty nasty. He's it's good stuff. Uh, Kitchener and both uh, Seattle have something uh, good in that young man. Um, and then uh, again, Macklin Celebrini in, 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 late in the second period on the five nothing goal. Talk about that pass from Matthew Wood from his own end, who springs Celebrini who had a defender on him but was able to pivot in such a way that the second the stick was on or the puck was on his stick uh he was off to the races and it looked like they didn't know what to do he he was he was so quick to get off of the uh the the defender that was on him takes it to the net and makes it five nothing yeah so Celebrini's little move there was a great example of changing the point of contact guy wants to engage with you you just kind of linger there for a little bit longer and then you open your hips up, turn the other way, lift the stick and so on. You just kind of sneak away. So when they lean on you, you're going to pull away. They're going to fall forward or they're going to reach for the puck and so on and create that little bit of space. And then Matthew Wood, he was having a little bit of a tough tournament to start things off. This this assist really got him going. I mean, high skill guy, not the highest motor or the most physical player all the time. But as mm-hmm. soon as he got this, as soon as he got this point going, I mean, every single shift after this was just great. He was really playing with a ton of speed after this, a ton of pace. And you can see, like, it's not an easy pass to make, especially after, like, I think he turned the puck over just a, just a few seconds before. Did, yeah. And so he gets it back up, immediately bombs it up the rink. It was a really impressive play. And again, as it ties into the rest of it, this was really the play where Matthew would arrived at this tournament. And that gives Canada a lot more flexibility as one of the highest skill guys in the entire tournament, not just on Canada. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a high-level play from two high-level players who are just uh, just going to be menaces in this tournament. You can tell as this one progresses. Um, so Canada ends the second period 5 nothing. Uh, the wind all but blown out of the sails of Latvia as the third period is the is the breakout. I mean, if you really could call it that, because uh, the the whole game was was a blowout. But um, Canada scores five goals in the third period. Just to quickly recap, though, was Fraser Minton Leafs prospect snaps one home on just a great ozone shift as a whole from Canada. They they keep the pressure alive. They get a line change in there, uh, and then Minton gets to kind of the middle of the uh, the offensive zone there and just kind of snaps one left side to make it six nothing. Uh, and then to add to your your talk about Matthew Wood, who's able to uh, tally a good neutral zone t- or tally one on a on a good neutral zone turnover, which is uh, something that was big in the third period, especially for Canada, but just kind of uh, t- take, take us through uh, your thoughts on um, the transition game for Canada and, uh, and, and how they were able to force as many turnovers as they did. Cause that those led to a lot of goals today. 
So part of it was that Latvia kept trying to make plays through guys, trying to, you know, just create a little bit of offense. I think as um, this game went on, Latvia realized, you know, we're going to get smoked anyway. We might as well try to make something happen. And so they got a, they got a little lucky with some of those turnovers. They're not necessarily turnovers that they're going to replicate, but right. the forecheck of Canada, for the most part, was very impressive. Very consistent, very actively involved. The new, the neutral zone defense, the rush defense was phenomenal. Dent Matejchuk, Maverick Limero, those are two guys who can break up every single one-on-one that they're going to face in this tournament. Very impressive. Both guys very physical. And so you were seeing the forwards come back, the defensemen step up, push the attacks out wide, create a lot of these turnovers, because it all starts behind the net. When the, when the opposition gets that puck, starts carrying it, it's not necessarily about forcing a steal right away, but pushing them into the area where there's the most friction. Right. And Canada did a very good job of that. I think as some other guys who are very known for their forechecking get going, like Easton Cowan, who's been a little bit quiet so far, if he gets going, Canada's going to have a real machine here in terms of the forecheck being able to capitalize on it, being able to capitalize on the turnovers they create. I mean, we all know they have the skill. Matthew Wood did it there with that net drive down the boards. I forget who it was, but someone in front of the net set a little bit of a pick in front to allow Matthew Wood to fire off that shot without pressure. So good team effort there. Yeah, it really was. And it was, it was mostly the story for the entirety of, uh, of this game. Um, but just to continue recapping it, um, Latvia ends up making a goalie change uh, later on. Geeky scores again. It, it was just a, like, you look at this game and, the fir- through the first 40 minutes, it was, uh, you know, the Celebrini show, as we mentioned. But as the third period went on, you're seeing more from uh, Jaeger, who who I think had a great game on the uh, Potras goal. I want to talk about that one. That was the, inevitably the 10 nothing goal. Um, but, yeah, the Braden Jaeger move uh, where he ends up b- uh, banking one off the crossbar and then Potras kind of puts that one in. Uh, before we transition a little bit, just tell us a little bit about Braden Jaeger because uh, he was he was seemingly all over uh, today as well, and then really stepped it up there in the third period. So Jaeger's been a prospect who historically the primary issue falls into the background. He's very content to let his teammates do the work. He passes, then just kind of glides, waits for it to get back, and the shot is absolutely lethal. But especially late in this game, you started seeing how he's had so much success in the WHL more aggression, more pace. That assist you're talking about, that's not just a taking advantage of bad defending. That's creating bad defending. He goes one way, defender reaches over, he goes back inside on them, rips that shot off the crossbar. So you're starting to see Jaeger kind of take control of games a little bit more this season. This was a great example, and it's a very good sign if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, I lost audio. There we go. Is that better? There oh, we go. Oh, sorry. I was, I, I was, I was, I was, I muted myself there. My dog was barking. I was saying, uh, <laughs> I happen to be a Penguins fan, uh, in case you couldn't see from the, from the jerseys in the back, in addition to covering the, the flames. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a prospect I've been keeping a close eye on. Um, Canada wins this one, 10, nothing, 21 save shutout for Russo. And as we mentioned off the top, Macklin Celebrini, the player of the game for Canada. Now I put out a call, uh, for people watching live. Thank you very much, by the way. Um, hit like, hit subscribe, share the stream. Um, we're going to continue along here, get into the press conference a little bit, uh, just shortly here. So get your questions in. If you do have questions, uh, for us to answer about the tournament as a whole or team Canada, this game specifically, get your questions in, uh, right away. One thing I wanted to maybe pick your brain about before we get into that is, you know, what this tournament means from, from shifting from Canada to Latvia perspective, what this tournament means, excuse me, on the grand scale of a rebuilding hockey program, like what they have in Latvia. Um, you know, you see these teams come in, they actually ended up capturing a, 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 a miraculous bronze medal not long ago uh, in the summer tournament, I believe it was for the, uh, for the juniors in 2022. When, whenever it was that, the when world they beat the U- or the world championships, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Where they beat uh, the U S um, in the, in that bronze game, but that just, kind of to talk about the hockey program and how it's rebuilding. What, what do these tournaments mean to, uh, you know, programs like this that are rebuilding, uh, such as Latvia? It's an opportunity to test yourself against the best. And I think historically smaller hockey countries have kind of used this to play prevent hockey. So they just kind of lean back, you know, they don't really dictate, they let things come to them and hope for the best. That's not happening this year. Latvia really tried to make offense happen. Norway has been really trying. I mean, Norway is out here. The broadcast was laughing about it during the Norway game, but how they've never seen a team up by one throw so many pucks up the middle. And it's like, because that's how they want to play. They want to create offense all the time. They want to create advantages for their teammates with every single touch. And so for a smaller program, it is my belief that if you want to accelerate the development of your players and have more success, it's to put them in environments where they can make skilled plays. And Latvia Latvia did this this game. Norway's been doing it. I think this tournament is a great opportunity because now you're seeing, you know, some of these players can go out here and make plays that are equivalent to the top programs. It's just a matter of frequency. But as these pro as these countries start getting more and more confidence, start developing more and more improve their coaching and so on you're going to see more and more of this and i think if you're latvia like it sucks that you lost but you have to look at this to some degree as a victory a because you're here and b because you were able to fire a fair amount of pucks on net you were able to get some scoring chances your guys stuck to the plan the entire way through i mean it was late in the game and they had defensemen activating into the play They had the weak side guy driving the net, trying to get open. They were looking for that crossing pass. So, yeah, it's been a very encouraging tournament overall for a lot of these smaller countries. And in the case of Latvia, I mean, this is, you're going to get blown out. It's better to get blown out trying to make something happen. That's right. No, I I couldn't agree more for the... uh for the smaller up and coming hockey programs, just how I, I can't remember. They did a piece. It was either last world juniors or, or two world juniors ago. 
Um, I can't remember which country it was, but they did a piece on a small, uh, might have been, was it Kazakhstan? Uh, if they even play, uh, either way, whatever, it, it, regardless, just those those smaller hockey programs love coming to these things. Even when they get blown out in a 10 nothing game against Canada, they, they don't expect to come back with hardware. Um, they just know that the experience for growing the game in their own country and the development playing at that level, being able to compete against the best, uh, you know, under 18 or U20, whatever it is, players, uh, it's, it's, it's just the experience for them too, that, uh, they're able to grow their games. They're able to, uh, to, to, to build their programs better and, and go back home and, and hopefully uh, inspire the next generation of hockey players. It's, it's really cool to see. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's really the goal here. That's really, 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 sorry. English is hard today. I've been awake for way <laughs> you, too you, long. You, you're running <laughs> on fumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really what you want to see these programs do. And it's it's been great to see more competitive games this tournament. Norway, great story. So, yeah, very impressive. Absolutely. Um, okay, we'll do uh, our press conference quickly here and get through some questions in the chat. If you haven't uh, got your questions in, be sure to do so right now. We will uh, we will get to as many questions as we can as we put a bow on today's Game Over International um, presented by SDPN Sports and EP Rinkside. Um, okay, let's see here going through the chats. Ah, oh, Nate. Okay, Nate is our uh, our resident Jersey guy, so his questions are usually uh, related to that. Um, especially with the white jerseys this year, and they should bring back the red ones too, in my opinion. Should Canada move away from the black year and go full red and white? I'll yes. start with I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm I'm all all aboard red and white. It's uh, it's it's just it's symbolic of of the of of Canada and hockey. Um, the black, like this hat, is is like an iteration of the uh, the old black ones that they had with the black shoulders and the blackout. I, I'm I'm all aboard red and white. What what do you think? Yes, absolutely. Some of the the best the best kit right now, I think, is Slovakia's. Yeah. Where the bottom half is just entirely blue, or the bottom three quarters, not just the jersey, but the pants, the socks, all blue, straight down. It looks really good. I like the cohesiveness, and I hate whatever is going on with America. I can't read the numbers. It's driving me nuts. Someone needs to lose their job over this. No, <laughs> it's, 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 it's making me go crazy. Imagine being the play-by-play guys. It's, it's tough. I, I did, I do play-by-play for junior hockey in the AJHL and it's uh, the uh, Spruce Grove Saints, white yeah. jerseys with yellow numbers. Impossible. A, play, a play-by-play <laughs> guy's worst nightmare is is white yellow on white it's but even to your point about the u.s jerseys think about the play-by-play guys too don't just think about how it looks as a whole think about uh your your poor play-by-play guys when you uh, come up with that stuff um matthew says are you confident in russo going forward uh not overwhelmingly so but i think saint hilaire is a great backup option for them I would say that he's actually been the better of the two goalies in club play this year. It doesn't have the same sparkling save percentage, but he's in a much worse environment. Um, but yeah, I think Rousseau is a gold medal caliber winning goalie for sure. I wouldn't mind getting St. Hilaire in a game or two, just to be sure. Yeah, no, that's uh, ab- absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, this one's a question directed at you, and this is going to this is going to be where 
the Game Over Calgary fans bleed into the Game Over International stream. Um, hey, Mitch, I know you're quite a Hanzek fan, in air quotes. What are your thoughts on his tournament so far? I've been very impressed. His reach is absolutely absurd. Um, I'll start with that. It's a two-parter. So what are your thoughts on uh, on Sam Hanzek so far? So very active, very involved. You're seeing him show a real nice playmaking side to his game. Quick plays off the board, spinning off checks, dishing to the middle, getting open. I really liked his development over the last two years, despite the plethora of injuries. And hey, it's really good to see him playing hockey and to be really good, despite the fact that he's missed so much time. Yeah, no, I agree. That's uh, and and Flames fans, I think he scored today, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He had a goal. Um, are very excited about this young man. So that's that's where the the game over Calgary bleeds into this. Uh, and he also wants to know about your thoughts on uh, Luca. I, I'm gonna butcher the. Radivojevic. Do you know how to pro- am I pronouncing? I'm Radivojevic. I think Radivojevic. Yeah, that's the one. That, we'll go with that because okay. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. So apologies. But he wants to know your thoughts on uh, on him as well. I mean, he is smooth and fluid and fun to watch. Real slick defending the rush. I think that's been the big thing that surprised me so far is that when you look at younger players, usually it's they play a little bit more tentatively, especially away from the puck. Not this guy. He's on guys early, forcing them wide. He gets the puck down on the end boards, moves it real quick. So not a player who is afraid of pressure. This is only my second viewing of him so far. I've only seen him through the first two games of the tournament but right really impressive and i can't wait to see what comes from him in the future i mean he's looking like a top guy it's it's always fun to uh you know watch these tournaments and watch these players blossom into what they become and and look back sometime down the line uh when they're playing pro and just like oh, you know what i remember that guy from from this tournament and that tournament so i find that uh especially for the like because obviously i'm very invested in team canada but um you know you see a lot of players from other teams that 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 just from the nature of watching Canada and you look back and you remember them from this tournament so that's uh that's kind of where I I always come back to um this one's from Gene Samard question uh in which round do you think Owen Allard is going to be picked in the 2024 draft oh that is a great question a you know being a double re-entry yeah, being a double re-entry, mm-hmm. that's going to be hard to get picked in the top 64. But he also missed a lot of time last year. He's a versatile player. He's very physical. I don't know. I'm thinking at this point, a team's going to take him top 45. You know, just because of the team candidate influence, the World Juniors influence, everyone is going to be, you know, if this is your first impression of him, it's a real good one. And then you're going to go back to watch him, and he might have a bad game or two when you go watch him with the Sioux in the second half. But your first impression is this guy was at the World Juniors and he was great. He fit in. He was very active. He was physical. He was versatile. So, yeah, I could see a team going pretty early on him. There's a there's a I don't know if like the upside is first round worthy, but certainly as a guy who could step into the NHL in a year or two, he's there. Perfect. I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that as well. Um, Okay, let's see here. There's got to be a few more before we put a bow on this rendition of game over international um you know what i think that that's gonna probably wrap it up everybody else is just kind of commenting on uh, on everything else uh that we've been mentioning so far um 
Thank you for joining us. This is awesome. It's been a, it's like we mentioned you and I before we hit uh, record here, uh, just how great it is for for SDPN and EP Ringside to come together here and uh, and put this show together. So um, thank you for for joining me and and uh, enlightening me and in, in all of your knowledge of prospects and and uh, and everybody participating in the world. So uh, thank you for that. Um, where can everybody find you and what you're up to? The floor is yours to uh, to plug away. You can find me at Mitchell Brown on Twitter. I will hopefully be tweeting out more stuff, but I am just, I am just a wreck right now, you know, <laughs> barely functioning. You know, I basically just crawl out of bed straight to my computer, like in the middle of just the craziest hours ever. So, you know, when, when that strain, when that strains itself out, I think there are only two games tomorrow. So I'm very thankful for that. I will hopefully be sharing some more information about the world juniors and stuff that I've been seeing. There's been a lot of cool stuff. I think Celebrini right now, I track all the data for the games, and I think Celebrini just had the single biggest game of this tournament, and I think the third biggest if you combine this year and last year. So heck of a game for him. You can follow me at Mitchell Brown on Twitter.com, and of course, check out EP Ringside. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Audie James. Uh, follow SDPN Sports at SDPN Sports. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. If you're listening on playback, be sure to rate the podcast as well. Uh, subscribe, follow, whatever you do on your preferred podcatcher. Uh, it was great to have you on. And you can look forward to more Game Over International shows as the World Juniors continue here on SDPN Sports in conjunction with EP Rinkside. I'm just going to bring it up to see who we have next on the show. It's not till Friday that Canada plays next against Sweden. It's a 1.30 p.m. Eastern time start. Liz Hood and Lauren Kelly will be hosting that one. Um, so that's going to be a must watch. You get, you got to tune into that one. That's going to be a good game and a good game over. So we will be back uh, for game over international on Friday. You can check out game over for the rest of the day. There's NHL games tonight as well. So be sure to check the SDPN sports, uh, Twitter and YouTube channels, hit the bells for notifications as we have three shows tonight uh, for game over NHL until uh, I talk to you next, which is not until the flames play their next game, which I don't recall. Thank you for joining us. It was great to have you. Uh, stay safe, and we will talk to you on the next Game Over International. Adios. Game!